Now, welcome back to Wednesday night's Tom Dunn Show. It's Richie McCormick here with you until midnight. We've got some Lana Del Rey and some Scott Walker still to come. But first, Chad Walls joins us in studio. He's the main man behind An Overnight Low, who've released a string of albums already, named after some pretty famous train stations. And his latest record is no different. Chad, you're very welcome to the show. I believe the new album is inspired by one of Dublin's own landmark places. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's the fourth in a series of records um, that are based on... um, my travels around the UK and Ireland. I was working on a degree uh, back in the 2007. And during my off time, I would just travel around. And um, I just started writing down what I saw. Um, especially when I was living in Manchester, I would go south to London, uh, north to Edinburgh. And then I would take a, uh, oh, the train to Hollyhead and then the boat to Dunleary and, and, and hang out in Dublin. And I did this often. Um, on my spare time because I really wanted to see this part of the country. So um, I took all of those notes. I took all those observations and I didn't really know what I was going to do with them. And uh, I decided to turn them into poems and songs and things like that. Um, So the first record is uh, called Euston, which is about my experiences going down to London. Second one is called Piccadilly. And the third one is called Waverly. And um, now I'm working on one uh, called Connolly, and it's the part Connolly Part One. Con- well, this is the thing. All of the previous ones, be they London, Manchester, or Edinburgh inspired, have all been standalones. Yes. The fact that we have a Part One already suggests that this Connolly Station is your own use your illusion, and that there is a Part <laughs> Two on the way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, well. There's two. There, there was. There's too much to cover. Um, so what part one is going to be about is really the journey over. So uh, I took the Stena line a lot, and I talked to a lot of people, and a lot of the songs are, are based on just those ex- conversations I had with conversations people. on a ferry are a fantastic way to pass the time because it is a slightly more um, laid back way of traveling. Yeah, uh, which is a nice way of putting slow. And yeah. so you you pass the time by doing different things and you can sit in your own read a book or you can go around and have a have an hour with people and usually on these ferries you'll find some pretty interesting characters I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean train stations and um, uh, airport terminals are great places to observe people but uh, boats um Something about that being on the sea, it sort of forces you to be civilized in a way. Yeah. And you kind of watch people and you wonder what they're up to and where they're going and are they going on vacation? What, you know, what are they up to? And, you know, uh, I think once people heard my accent and, you know, I'd be, uh, I'd be going way off season. So people kind of wonder like, what am, what are you doing? You know, headed over to uh, Dublin in the middle of February. And, um, so um, a lot of the conversations were just about uh, folks from Ireland wanting to know what my experiences were living in um, living in the UK and yeah. what the similarities and differences were. Where's the accent from? I'm from uh, Maine. Maine. Yeah. From the East Coast. Yeah. Maritime areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought you over? Well, you mentioned a degree. Yeah. Was it the degree that brought you over for your studies or was it something else entirely? It was just the degree. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I was a high school English teacher. Right, and, and I was doing that for about 15 years and I reached a point where I, I didn't think I could do it anymore. I was getting burned out and I was at the top of my game and I thought, well, I still want to stay in education, but I need some time off. Moved, um, you know, moved to Manchester, England and uh, began working on a doctorate there. And um, that's, you know, during my downtime when I, um, when I had a little bit of money and some free time to just move around, I went any place. I, once I figured out how the train system worked, 
it was like magic. I could go anywhere. I couldn't believe how, cause you know, I'm being from Maine, there's only one train and the yeah. state is like the size of England. And so this idea that I could go anywhere I wanted and that the, the idea that the culture just changed and the language, uh, not the language, but the accent changed yeah. so fast that I could literally spend seven pounds travel for an hour and then I'm in some place that's almost completely different. It was mind boggling to me. It still is. I, I still am like when I was living in Edinburgh and I would go to Glasgow, I couldn't believe how quickly the accent changed. And, um, I, so I, I found all that really fascinating and I was, I guess I was really overwhelmed by the whole experience. Yeah. When you mentioned you were taking notes, like, a, like and you didn't know what you were going to do with them. Yeah. Like, had you any background in music yourself? Back in Maine, or is that something that's slowly developed over time? I was in bands in Maine, but I, I wasn't ever the chief songwriter in a band. I wrote a few songs here and there, but I guess I never really had any kind of muse. And mm. um, so the, the the notes I had were pictures, um, you know, almost like diary entries, drawings, uh, maps, and things like that. And, uh, and a lot of it was, um, you know having a conversation with somebody and then going and quickly writing it down what the main points were and things like that and trying in some ways to find a common thread between all that stuff and then putting it together in this kind of collage of uh, music. What was the germ that meant, well, these are actually going to be songs? Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, or was it, the one? They, what, what I find fascinating and um, about art in general is that if you don't try too hard these things kind of emerge on their own and so when i was looking at the lyrics to Connolly part one for some reason and without trying for some reason there is this theme of spinning there's this theme of uh moving around in a circular sort of way and gravity and things like that and um it exists in almost all the songs if it's not physically moving it's the season cycle um it's things like that. And it's this idea of uh, birth and death and things like that. And um, which I'm happy about because one of my favorite records is XTC's uh, Skylarking. Sure. Which I, which I, I, I mean, if I could ever pull anything like that off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I'm really happy with this, the way it's going so far. Because, um, you know, we're adding strings, which I've never done before. Horns, which I've, I've never dabbled with. So... It's a, it's really fun for me. It's like working out a new language in, in a sense, that kind of thought, adding that kind of stuff to your music. Yeah, and and um, you know when I was um, when I was working on uh, the doctorate, uh, I was really lonely, and it was one of the things that kept me happy, I guess, because you know I was living in another country. I was in my mid thirties, and it, there was this question of what have I done with my life? You know, this could be an <laughs> absolute disaster. Yeah, and. Um, these kind of things kept me moving on. And, you know, what I discovered was also that it still happens. So, you know, as I'm getting older, um, music and creating things like that complements everything else. Mm. So it's this consistent thing now. It's that point, I suppose, where you realize that there is no full stop. I, yeah. think, I think everybody up until a certain age is, is working towards a point where they think that everything is going to be boxed off and I'm going to be happy at this point once I have all of that sorted. And there comes a point, and like I'm, what, 36, nearly 37 now, where you realise that, yeah, I, I guess the, there is no end point. Well, there is a definite end point, but there's no point at which you stop and then everything after that is absolute gravy. 
you've just put the feet up in your ground. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, um, you know, it also, it also living in the UK and exploring Ireland also gave me the opportunity to look at, uh, America from a distance, which for me was a really important, um, uh, part of my life. It changed a lot of how I feel about America in, in some really good ways and, and, and not so good ways. Mm. And I came out of the whole experience. Well, I'm, I'm still experiencing it, but I came out of, um, living here and going back home. Um, and not necessarily politically, uh, different, but I would, I think that, uh, as you said, priority, um, that, you know, I think part of what the American dream is, is having, this big house and having these two cars and mm -hmm. you're doing this. And like you said, you can have all those things, but once you get them, it doesn't mean anything. No. You know what I mean? You're still uh, continuing the search. That's right. Thing, as it were on, on the accent thing, like you mentioned, like you could spend seven pounds and go between say Edinburgh and, and Glasgow and the, and the accent would be completely different. Like we're a fraction of the size in terms of country and yet you throw the ball down a half an hour down the road and you've got a completely different accent from yeah. in, in any direction mm -hmm. in this country which is the most bizarre thing Pete's even nodding his head outside he's saying like he probably finds it hard to go down and pitch stuff down in Cork yeah. uh, because you know it's a completely different language down there it's a completely different language in Galway up north in Belfast again which is connected by Connolly it's something completely different entirely too yeah. that's got to be a lot to get your head around as well as, as somebody coming from outside Absolutely. I mean, for me to hear a different accent in, you know, where I'm from, you're talking like, you know, a seven to eight hour car drive somewhere. And I even remember David Cross talking about that in terms of American accents. Like he would, he would say the Southern redneck accent. There's like not even people from the South, but the, hey buddy. Yeah, like yeah. That could be anybody from Florida to Georgia to Alabama. And you'd even hear it in California and you'd hear it up in sure. parts of Oregon. It could be anywhere, depending yeah. on the type of person that it is. Whereas the Irish accent can suddenly go from this to, hey, how you going, buddy? You all right? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, yeah. okay. Well, I got into an argument uh, once with somebody in Edinburgh. Not really an argument, but this this guy insisted that I was Canadian. And I just, well, I, which I'm not insulted by. I love Canadians. I, I was going to say, it was going to be my first guess. Really? Because there's a little, a little bit of a kind of mountain north kind of in there. That's in the me, that is that's me, it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when, you know, when I told him, no, I'm, I'm from America, he just said, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll be Canadian. I don't care. Well, you see more of a laid back character than most Americans will be. And Canada's known for being slightly more louche. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but um, no, I, I, I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time in Ireland uh, to, especially to do part two. But again, like, you know, Connolly part one is going, is the journey over mm. and those conversations. And I'm very curious to see style. Well, you know, uh, part one, as I said, is, is, kind of lush it there's some there's going to be some rock songs on it but again there's going to be strings and horns and then that kind of gives me the opportunity well what's part two going to be like and i i just have this idea that it's going to be a big loud guitar record it's not a bad thing i'd love it yeah yeah there in the in the sense of the conversations and especially in terms of part one and coming over here and coming over on the boat have you ever met a country full of people who are so fond of telling you about that country as irish people <laughs> Um, no, they big it up, <laughs> they big it up in a way. And I don't mean this in a self aggrandizing way, but they'll tell you about it in a way that English people will never tell you about England in a way. The French people will never tell you about France in a way that Canadians will probably never tell you about Canada. Mm -hmm. it, they'll tell you, oh, you, sh you should go here. You should do this. You should do that. Have you met such and such? Do you know this? Do you know that? I think you're right. Yeah. They'll be like tour guides essentially yeah. without being paid. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, you know, every place I've been and especially the places where I've lived, um, uh, I, I can go back to these places. Like I was just in Edinburgh, um, last week and obviously back in Manchester as well. But when I was in Edinburgh, um, I'm, I, I can easily get into, uh, back in, in tune to what the people are like and things mm-hmm. like that. And so I, my voice changes, my, my physicality changes, <laughs> uh, to accommodate the place I'm living. And, um, there was, uh, I mean, f- here's a good example. When I was living in Edinburgh, I had some American friends come to visit me. Um, my friend John and his wife, Jess came over to visit and they were just being themselves, having a conversation with me. And they kept, my neighbors kept banging on the walls. Like you're too loud. And they were right because when John, cause I was being my Edinburgh self. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to John and, and I was like, they were like shouting at me, but they were being American. <laughs> if that makes sense. But they, they, it was just a different way of delivery. And my neighbors were banging on the wall and I got one of those slips under the door because they had called somebody to report me. But, um, but I was like, yeah, you, I'm like, these just, people suck as neighbors, by the way. Clearly, yeah, 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 yeah. They weren't nice to me, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, just just whisper when you're in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Solid advice. That could be. That's the name of somebody's album. Uh, that's the name of a great song. I'm that, taking that. Just just whisper when in Edinburgh. Yeah. Absolutely, it is. Uh, so you say part two is probably going to be airing on the side of of loud and rock, but part one has been slightly more lush and orchestral and, and, and horn orientated and stuff like that. Yeah, there's one song I'm just so excited for people to hear. And um, I actually explored um, a little bit of Motown on it. Okay. And it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's danceable and uh, it's going to have strings and horns. And I just can't wait to get home and jump back into finishing that particular one off. Um that being said, I miss going into the studio with a live band where everybody's mic'd up and we just go for it. Mm. So um, I think maybe I'm being a little bit selfish, but that's what part two is going to be. Have you thought even further down the line than beyond Connolly part two and what may come next and, and how further into those notebooks you're going to delve? I think we're after part two, we're going to stop with the travel theme. Okay. Because my bandmates are like, blah, blah, blah. You went, I mean, they've been so patient with me because- um, One of them's like, I went to the shops a month ago. Like, it's fine. I haven't been anywhere in the last while. I'm exa- living exactly, vicariously yeah. through your, your notebooks. And yeah. Songs. So I think we're going to just like um, do a couple of- um, you know, just something completely different. But the travel thing is always there. It's always yeah. something to come back to. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, um, as more people start to listen to our records and things like that, I don't want to sort of pigeonhole myself in being like the travel guide version of a, a rock band, you know? <laughs> that's the, Well, that's the thing. You don't, And even when you have them named after uh, such specific places like the, the train stations and like Connolly, like the last thing somebody wants to hear you sing, I guess, is like the impression that somebody might have which is not entirely what it, not at all what the album is like is that you'd be singing about the Costa that's in that particular like <laughs> train station or that oh there's a Pret-a-Manger in the Piccadilly in Manchester that's like that's class uh, yeah yeah I mean I mean a lot of lyrics were written in those places but I don't think anyone good to, <laughs> good yeah. no, no one wants to sit here to song about the sandwich bar that's just not going to work out well also too you know I could have made the fatal error of like you know when I did Waverly is like oh I've got to go traditional and there's got to be you know bagpipes on something and you know, Nobody or doing entire, yeah, 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 or doing an Irish album and trying to go traditional in some way, which no. would, would be a big mistake. Chad, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in, and I wish you all the best with both parts. Thank you, of Connolly, Connolly Part One and Connolly Part Two, whenever it may come our way. Uh, but uh, Chad Walls of an Overnight Low, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very much. <laughs>